Welcome to our next adventure with Chemology 411, a podcast about anything and everything. Kim and her guests will take you behind the scenes, behind the story, or behind the bar. So sit back, make sure your seatbelt is fastened, tray table in its upright position, all carry-ons stored under the seats. But for this adventure, electronic devices must remain on as we are ready to take off on our next adventure. Introducing Kim Schultz and Chemology 411. Hi everyone and welcome to Season 4, Episode 179. This evening, we're going to be talking about We Need More Laughter. I'm Kim Schultz, and I'm your adventure coordinator for this show. Let's say hi to my co-host, Tyson Harley. I almost said that wrong. I was like, Tyson, is that the right name? I mean, we haven't been doing this this for longer. We haven't been doing this for very long, like only three years. What day is it? (laughs) I was uh, speaking of, well, interesting kind of humor. There was somebody at the gym who had just been hired. He's in the locker room getting his instructions. And he was telling the guy, yeah, on Tuesday I have a such and such meeting. Tuesday's a day after Monday, right? Monday to... He asked that for real. I did a double take. Isn't that interesting? I um, remember that I wasn't... I don't really think I had all the months memorized until after I graduated high school. Like, I didn't care. <laughs> did, you, did you? Yes. I think, I like, think I in did. third grade, I think I, I knew the I think months. the problem was, come the summer, who cares? What, there's about three months in there. Oh, my I, gosh. I don't think I did until I was practically graduated high school. Uh, I don't remember ever, you know, saying them one at a time and definitely getting them right. Oh my gosh. We, but that's not days of the week, though. <laughs> and I did know how to do tr- trigonometry back and forth, but no trigonometry required for the calendar. For the calendar. Well, calendars are hard. They're really calendars hard. Calendars are hard. They're, they're hard. You know, sometimes February has 28 days and sometimes 29 days. Yeah, and then Very 30 confusing. days and 31 days, and well, it's crazy. It's yeah, weird. Yeah. Uh, my dad once said, I may have said this on the podcast, <clears throat> I knew better, but I was only like nine or ten, and my dad joked with me that there was no my, I, there was no birthday for me that year. My birthday is not in February, <laughs> because it was leap year. And I went, nuh-uh, <laughs> right? Because I knew leap year had to do with the extra day in February. And he goes, no, seriously, there's no my birthday uh-huh. day because it's leap year. And I went, that's not true. <laughs> and then he went, you don't have a birthday. I'm sorry. It's leap year. And then I started crying. <laughs> Even though I knew that had nothing Tyson, to do with it. Tyson always says, kept looking he's at such him. a delicate child. I kept looking at him. He, his he eyes was, didn't change. He wasn't, he wasn't giving up. <laughs> and I started crying. <laughs> Well, Speaking of humor, oh uh, my apparently gosh. my father needed more laughter. <laughs> and he used you for that. Yes. <laughs> well, so my sense of humor is very dark, very sarcastic. Um, and I, being able to speak my mind and speak honestly, I always use humor 
in it. And I think I get away with things a little bit more than some other people would be able to say. So here's the situation. That's because somehow you put off the vibe that you really don't care what they think afterwards. Right. Yeah. So here's the thing. I ordered a new laptop for the podcast um, on the 20th of February. And um, it came in on Friday. The 20... I don't know what day. It was the tw- whatever day Friday was. Which was just a week later. And I get the I get the laptop on Friday and... I get home from eating my fish dinner at the church because it's Lent and I don't celebrate Lent, but I am doing the fish fry tour this this month. So every Friday I go to a different church to eat their fish dinner. What? I tried to call you last Friday heard. and you your phone did not ring, so I gave up on you. Uh, I think I went to the gym and I've been leaving it at home when I go to the gym, so that's probably so, what happened. Yes, so anyway, the so fish we're, we're, doing, we're doing, yeah, so every church has a fish dinner through Lent, and so I went to Holy, I went to Most Pure Heart last week. This week I'm going to Sacred Heart, and I invited other people, whoever wants to come can come with me at 5.30 to go eat a fish dinner. And um, so I got home from the fish dinner and got the laptop out of the box. Took forever to, you know, to get all the tape off of it. It was just an HP notebook. Opened it up, turned it on, and it says, let's go through the step, you know, let's set it up. Hit the button, hit the button, hit the button. Put in my, for my Wi-Fi, put in my uh, pen, and it says, congratulations, you get a free year of uh, Microsoft 365. I already have Microsoft 365. Right. I hit the button, blue screen. Now, it's not a full blue screen. It's a black around it and a blue screen. Just because you denied the Office No, no, I didn't deny anything. I just hit got it. You only hit one button. I'm only doing setup. So I'm just, it's like an advertisement. Okay. So it gets to it. The 365 comes in a little bit later. It gets to it, and instead of the next screen having anything on it, it was literally a blank screen, and it there was no way of getting out of it. There's no button. There's no nothing. So I do it about five times, and then I call HP Tech Support. I get through HP's tech support and this guy that I barely can understand um, who I tell him what's going on and his explanation says, well, um, to be 365 is not working with the, the operating system. It's just a little known thing there. What we need you to do is do you have a USB drive that's 32 gig? We'll download Windows. We'll be able to put the USB drive in the computer and just go just go into safe mode and, right. and, and get it going that way. And don't worry about the setup. I said, well, no, I don't, but it was an ice storm that night. I said, well, I'll get one in the morning. He said, okay, well, your case number is this number. Um, and you can log into your HP account. I've, I put the computer on the HP account, and which took me forever to figure out the serial numbers and stuff because it's a red computer with with red writing on the bottom of a computer. I'd take a picture with my phone, make yeah. it bigger, That's got it going, I got it up. And the other thing I noticed that on my laptop, I out of the 12 months, I had seven months left of the warranty. I have had the computer for one day. And I had seven out of the 12 months this left. This happened with me. So so the next day I got up, went to Walmart in the morning, went and got a disc and called HP back. They had closed my case. The little moron 
close my case. And so they could look it up though. And he was like, well, this is, is closed. And I said, well, I don't, he's a moron. It's not closed. If you look in the instructions, he told me to get this drive. So I get the drive and he says, I put it in my working laptop and he tells me how to get to where I need to go. It is not easy to find the apps and the Microsoft apps on your computer. And he's getting frustrated with me. And I'm thinking, I don't understand why I'm doing all of this work. I don't get the fact that I should turn on a computer and it should freaking turn on. So we go through that guy and... Uh, it's going to take two hours to download the software onto the USB drive through the Wi-Fi. So he says, here's your new number. Call back when it's done. I call back when it's done. And the guy goes, can you give me four, can you give me two to three to four minutes so I can read over and find out what's going on? So I don't know what the hell he read. He comes back and he goes, so you're having problem with 365? I'm having problems with the computer turning on. And he goes, oh. So he's, I said, I have the disk that you told me to use. And he goes, okay, well, I'm going to. He says, is, is this information correct? And I said, yeah. He goes, I'm going to email you a link. And then can you open the link? And that'll give me access to look at the desktop so I can watch the setup. And I said, you mean on the computer that won't turn on? You're, how does that work? I can't get to an email address because the computer will not turn on. And he was like, oh, well, he said, let me text you a code and you can use your camera on your phone and we can text it and you can use it so I can watch it through the camera. And I said, okay, you can do that. So the key, I get the text message, I turn it on. So now he's watching the screen put in the disk drive, go into safe mode, hit escape, whatever. I'm now having to become a computer genius. And it pulls up and it says, this computer won't use that disk. And he's like, can you get it closer? And he goes, I'm gonna take a picture of that. Takes a picture of that. Oh my gosh. Says, I'll be back in about three or four minutes. Leaves me again hanging. I've now spent about three hours on a computer that has not even started up yet. So he comes back and he says, I know what the problem is. Sometimes on startup, it takes just a little longer for it to to start up. So if you leave that computer on, make sure it's plugged in. Just leave it on. This, you know, first of all, he made me go through the setup process again so he could see the blue screen. He says, if you leave it on within 24 to 48 hours, it will automatically upload into the into your desktop. And at that point, I was like, you know, okay, first of all, you're a fucking moron. No, it's not. Like, you don't even have to be a computer genius to know that if a computer <laughs> sits there, strange look if like, a computer what? sits there and you're not hitting a button or clicking a mouse, the computer's not going to do anything. It's not on its own little brain. It's not like an AI thing. It's literally a computer. So I said, oh, okay, so let me get this straight because I'm being recorded. I go, what you want me to do is you want me to just not touch the computer for 48 hours and it's just going to miraculously turn. And he goes, yes, ma'am. Yes, that'll do it. And I go, okay. When I call back and I still use the same number and he goes, he goes, "Um, well, if it doesn't turn on, yes, you can. I go, okay. So. I go downstairs on my on my work computer. I go to HP. I go now to this contact. Is sometime in the weekend. This is on Saturday, <clears throat> and I go downtown. I go downstairs to HP, 
I go to contact, I go to complaint, and I just wrote out. I said, I said, I ordered this this off of um, this website. I ordered an HP computer, um, and it didn't start up. And the first guy told me this, the second guy told me this, but the third guy thinks I'm a complete idiot. <laughs> and I don't understand why a tech person would even tell somebody this stupid. Just wait. <laughs> that you just wait 48 just hours wait. and then the computer's gonna miraculously turn on. First of all, I'm not a moron and I'm not an idiot and that's what I thought he was saying. And the only reason I agreed to it is because I am busy and that I have already lost $800 worth of income trying to start up a $400 computer then monday at 11 15 my cell phone rings it's an 800 number and i normally i don't answer them right but i thought you know i left that message on saturday i pick it up and he's like hi my name is ennis and you're i got your email and you've been escalated to my department now we have an english speaking person to talk okay. to me because you find that in these companies you've got the tech people over here and these are the low level techs evidently because this gentleman who was awesome said he goes i understand you're having problems with your 365 and i said no i'm not i said this and he goes okay well from your email you seem to be a straight shooter <laughs> yes i am i get my i get my target every time <laughs> every time i said you know um Yes, he goes, all right, there's three things you can do. You can let me have one of our escalated techs contact you and they will get it started. I mean, they can, they'll be able to do it. Or you can return it. I highly recommend you do not do that option um, to us to fix it or just return it back to where you bought it and just get a refund and get another computer. I said, okay, well, let me call them and see how that works. And I said, I don't have in tax season two or three more hours to sit around while a tech guy tells me how to fix a $400 computer that I should have been able just to turn on. And he goes, oh, I totally get it. He was so nice. He said, I'll call you back on Wednesday so you can let me know what you do if I need to close a ticket or not. So I called the place and yesterday I dropped it off at UPS to ship it back and then went on and ordered a new computer because by the time they get it, and then it takes time to credit. It's going to be two, three weeks. And I need the computer because the computer we're using for this podcast here, it's so, like, I want to throw it against the wall. It's just old and it's slow and I, I need a new computer. So in that entire situation, when I sent that email to them, as frustrated as I was, he was able to see my sense of humor in there because uh, my sarcasm in there of I'm not a complete idiot whereas other people would have been like would have been like evil the whole entire time and mine was trying to make somebody laugh is what it was like when they read it they're like <laughs> and that's what I like to do I like to make people laugh and you don't have to say a funny joke all you have to do is say something that catches them off guard sometimes and so that's what we're going to talk about tonight is we need more laughter and maybe why laughter is gone um, in a lot of people's lives. It is not gone in my life. It is not gone in my life. I laugh all the time. I watch shows that make me laugh all the time. They're older shows because our newer shows, um, I don't find them funny. Um, so let's go over just a couple, a couple things here. Um, the first thing is you and I were, I let you listen to two little clips 
and it was from the 1995 HBO Young Comedian Special. And I wanted you to listen to that because I wanted to tell you a story about that. In 1995 was my party years. In 1994 is when my husband and I separated. And so in 95, I was full immersed, knee deep in drinking on the weekends and maybe Monday through Thursday and some Sundays. Not normally Sunday, but, you know, six to seven days a week we're out partying. And I have to say that that comedy special came out in 1995. We recorded it on a tape and we watched it probably over 30 to 40 times. We would go over to my friend Ryan's house. It didn't matter. Like It would all be a big group of people because we'd get done with the bar and then we'd have to go party because we were younger at that time. And we would watch that comedy thing and we would crack up. And we would... And we still see it. We still see it. We're like this. Oklahoma, Oklahoma. There. I said it twice. Or like, eat it. You stupid cow. And so we would be out, and those are the jokes that we would what get. What was that from guy's me. name? Because I've seen him on Anthony TV. Hall, Anthony Clark. Anthony Clark. Louis C.K. and Anthony Louis, Clark. Louis and there C. was K. another person that I don't remember who was on there. <laughs> but Louis C.K. was the one that was like, oh, yeah, he's really gay. And then he goes into that kind of stuff. Oh, my gosh. We would crack up. We would watch it over and over and over again. And it was just makes you feel good. And especially if you're drunk, <laughs> it's probably even more funny. But you were cracking up just listening to it. I thought, I'm going to put on some comedy before we start this up. And it's older comedy. So, you know, groups of people, you have inside jokes and all that kind of good stuff. Um, before we start. Yeah, I was trying to see what one that was called. But yeah, it was good. I had never seen It's that the Young one. Comedians. Because yeah. uh, I had never seen... Um, Anthony Clark doing stand-up. Right. All right. So when we talk about comedy, I'm just going to read the types. I'm not going to tell you what they are. You guys can look this stuff up. But there's like 15 or 16 different types of comedy. And what this means is we oh, all... Oh, it was hosted by Gary Shandling. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Gary, yeah. So we um, um, all have different sense of humors. So Tyson's sense of humor is different than my sense of humor versus my daughter's sense of humor versus her husband Max's sense of humor. Um, it's really weird because Ron and I have like the same sense of humor and I think it's because we're the same age. So we were grown in the same era. And so now when you go to the later generation, they've got their sense of humor, but it's like it's when you don't get it. Like, it's like your parents didn't get your sense of humor. And my daughter, she gets my sense of humor because it was really a big part of her growing up. Right. Um, and uh, she might find it offensive now because, you know, she's grown up in her own little her own little 30 something thing. But so we have the physical comedy and the slapstick comedy, you know, like the Three Stooges and stuff back in the day. I can tell you. And we'll talk about the the humor that I don't find funny that I that doesn't that doesn't make me laugh. But aggressive humor, self enhancing humor, self deprecating humor, or self defeating I, I like humor. Um, I like self deprecating fine because it doesn't offend anybody. You're laughing at yourself. The right? Yeah, you're going yourself. after yourself. Yes. Um, wordplay humor or puns. Uh, deadpan comedy or dry humor, surreal humor, dark humor. Dark Ju humor is good. Anthony Jaselnik's really, he's really dark. 
you'd know his stuff, Anthony Jeselnik. You have to be able to deliver that. It has to be a gift. Right. You, I mean, I couldn't deliver it and have it come out, come off as anything but awkward to me. You have right. to, you have to, it's almost an aura to be able to deliver almost any humor, but especially dark humor. Well, and they were talking about Wednesday, the new TV series um, from the Adams Family. She does the dark humor with the her face is straight and she says stuff, and it's not really laughable, but it's funny. It's it's right. kind of weird. Juvenile humor, observational comedy, um, epic, epigrammatic humor or witty humor, um, first um, farcical humor. Um, yeah. Um, a, you said there's wordplay. Yeah, yeah wordplay, sarcasm, parody or satire, um, which like space balls, you know, like make a parody of, of Star Wars. Yeah. I like that stuff. Double entendres. Yeah, double entendres. Yep. Um, so anyway, those are just different different types of humor. So if you've got all these different types of humor, then this is why not everyone's going to laugh at the same joke. And this is why if someone doesn't find it funny, then then we don't necessarily we don't necessarily get mad at them because they didn't find your joke. I know that sometimes Ron will say stuff to me, and then I just keep talking. He's like this. Oh come on, that was funny. And I'm thinking no. No, it was not. I don't. I don't get what you were trying to say. I don't see. I didn't see the humor in it. <laughs> yeah, my thing is, I don't care. That was for me. That that wasn't even for you. If you don't, if, you, if you're not going to, I don't even care. See this face? I'm not phased by the fact that you didn't laugh at that awesome humor. <laughs> I do have to say that a lot, though. <laughs> to yourself, because really, it's just you and your cat. So. <laughs> no, no, I say it in front of people. I'm like, you know what? If you don't find that funny, I. I can't make up for your lack of sense of humor. Lack of sense of humor, that's okay, right. Okay, there's nothing I can do for you. If you don't laugh at that, there's really nothing to be done here. Uh, my work here is done. I tried. I tried to see if you had a sense of humor pulse. You do not. I, I can't do anything about it. There's no such thing as comedy CPR. No. No. Uh, so, yeah, um, so much of my humor is just for my own... Seriously. Sense of humor for your own sake, just right. to cheer yourself up. Right. Like make little jokes just for your own purposes. Uh, or, re but I don't have the type of sense of humor that's referential to uh, pop culture. You know, a lot of people, their uh, sense of humor is like they'll drop references from any number of things, South Park or. Right. I, I don't do that. Now, now. I come up with my own material. So, so some reference stuff I at least get, but it's never anything I pull from. Well, and I just make the jokes and be silly at the time. And the only way you're going to get pulp pop culture is if you watch the same shows. So, right. like, you know, like it's funny, you know, like if with this comedy thing, if I saw my friend Ryan out, I'd be like this, eat it, you stupid cow. And he he would crack up right. and his wife would be like this. What, are you what about? is she talking about? No, so, no. you know, you you have that you have that inside kind of sense of humor as well. And your friends have, you know, you just you, you build that bond with people on certain kinds of humor. The humor that we have nowadays 
it like I think some of the comedians are just really afraid to say something because now evidently you can get sued or canceled or people will take snippets of what you say and destroy you. And we've just become a really evil, evil, evil culture. Like yeah. this, it's, it, the social media is great, except for these evil, sad people who just like to destroy. Like their their sense of humor is to destroy someone's life and career and and money um, opportunities because that's what they do. And and that's not to me. That's not funny. I don't like. I'm not a big um, uh, Three Stooges fan. I don't like. When people like hit each other or hurt each other, I definitely do not like when people scare people and think it's funny. I don't I like don't... It when people make it really awkward, like in Practical Jokers. Yeah, I don't like Practical Joker either. In Practical Jokers, if I watch some of it, I'll be like, "Yeah, that one's okay." I, I kind of laughed at that, but in general, it it's at the expense of the person who has to try to understand whether somebody's putting them on or not. Right. And you know, then the the comedy is often. Just the person who's going, okay, is this guy for real? And his and his or her reaction. And I know at the end they're just good sports so it wouldn't make it on TV. And they're like, ah, no, you got me. That was good. But I, I just, I don't like the idea. I don't, that I don't either. I don't like, you know. I, to me, it's just uncomfortable. Now, if they represented themselves well, then hopefully that's their decision. They go, you know, you can have it. No, that was good. Well, but I don't usually want to watch that, even mm-hmm. though sometimes if somebody forced force me to watch a bit of it i might think of any particular one is funny and you know the, the, it, it is funny because you have that thing of to me it's like okay well they they say they signed the waiver so they're okay with it right but the other 25 people that did not sign the waiver because they were very that you know that they heard him to them, yeah. that you that you um you just don't know what people have been through so that that kind of gets me a little bit um, when you're purposely out trying to, I don't want you to embarrass somebody to get to get a laugh, um, unless you are a close circle friends. Now, every once in a while, right. like my brothers will make fun of me for talking, and people will laugh, and and but it takes a while for you to understand and get used to the fact it's okay to be to be um, secure with your things that people laugh at you for, and. Right. Um, not everybody has that and ability. And it's one thing for friends to do. It's nothing for uh, just some, some stranger, stranger to call you some odd deal. You know, they've kind of earned it through their, you know, the other things that, you know, they they uh, otherwise respect you in many ways. And then here and there, they, they give you those little, uh, you know, the ribbing and stuff. I was looking, the reason I was looking through Pandora is because that's, I was trying to think of all the artists, all of the comedians that I end up liking. But, uh, I, I, I couldn't find the list now all of a sudden. But yeah, I mean, I like, you know, like I like Dave Chappelle fine. He's not he's not my favorite, but he's one that here and there is, you've talked about it before on some episode where you said, well, actually, he befriended a transgender person who almost committed right. or something like that. But then some of his comedy, because he said, you know, I think he, he has taken it as an offense that comedy is being damaged. Right. And so some of his specials are particularly and very expressly on the edge due to that. Right. You know, and and uh, so, you know, Dave Chappelle had that big, I don't know how many special d- a contract it was, but it was multiple, you know, five or six or eight. 
right? And then each one that comes out, there's someone who's butthurt about it right. instead of just going, you know what? Humor's supposed to make, if you're not set there to laugh, then then don't watch the comedian. It's right. very simple. Like, I think, I think the Daily Show's trash, but you know what I don't do? Watch it and then complain or, about it, or 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 pick it outside their deals or, or or anything. Right. I don't like the Daily Show in any way, shape, or form. But I also don't, you know, create a big uproar over it. Well, but you also don't watch it. I've watched it enough to know I don't like well, it. But I'm yeah. saying is that you don't like it, so you don't you, well, watch it. Right, so you're not right. going to keep watching it and not like it, and then have comments then, about why you don't like to, it, and then try yeah. to quote cancel it. Yeah, you know, it's like don't like, like it. If you don't like a comedian, then don't don't watch it. The funniest thing that happened to us when we did the Schultz show, it was like about eleven years ago. My brothers and I sat down and we did this, and there were different parts in there where Frank and I were making fun of Chris, and then the guys would make fun of me. And in the show, I was I, I would be the waitress for the for the dinner show. So I was in my black pants and white shirt with my bow tie. And then I was in the show and then I went back and put my clothes back on, came out for intermission. And in intermission, you know, you go out there and these people are like, you're on stage and you're performing and now you're waiting on us. They really thought that was pretty cool. And uh, and it was part of the show. And I would go to the tables and they would be like, oh, you're doing such a good job. But I, you know, like your brothers are so mean to you. And, you know, like, whatever. And I'm thinking, I would always say to them, what do you mean they're being mean to me? And she's like, well, some of those jokes, I mean, they're kind of stepping over the line. And I was like, well, what what joke are they stepping over the line for? They would tell me, and I'm like, oh, you don't like that joke? Because I wrote it. Like, I wrote the jokes. We wrote the show together. And I think a lot of people, when you're watching a really, a, like, a, an actual comedian, then you... Um, uh, what do you call it? You think that what they're saying is a hundred percent true, and when we in reality, when they come in and they're like, "Oh my gosh, the other day I was at the grocery store." Ninety-nine percent of the time, it's probably one percent that they at the grocery store they saw a flinch and they took that situation and made it into this big story. Like what that I didn't do in my really head happen. to just laugh at, they turn into a full bit. Right. You know, it'd be funny. I yeah. could used to visualize something, and then you laugh about it. They turned into a bit. And no, they, they weren't just at the store right. just the other day. It didn't just happen yesterday. Or when they say, um, well, I just flew into Dallas today, and I went over to the grocery store, and I did this, and I went to the Piggly Wiggly, and people are like, ooh. See, these comedians are professionals, so what they do is they give you a common place mm -hmm. to make you feel like they're telling the truth, and then they tell the same joke, just to be relatable, and then yeah. when they move to Louisiana, or when they move to Topeka, or when they go to Chicago, it's the same jokes, except they use their grocery store there, and they do research on the area, and they put yeah. their store around, but it's still ultimately the same joke and a lot of people do they don't get that so they really take offense to different things or when a husband you know first of all you're making some good money husband gets on there and kind of says something like funny to make you laugh at something dumb that his wife did or whatever i'm gonna have to say trust me when they said honey i've got this good joke that i want to say and the wife is like cool say it 
they're not going to stay married very long if they're talking about their wife behind their back and then not thinking that their wife's not going to hear them. That's just not the way comedy is. And so you really have to understand how that that how that works. There's some comedy too that tries to in the end create like a heartwarming aspect of the story. I don't know if you've ever watched Mike Berbiglia, uh, but he's uh, really good and he but he's different. He he kind of he started with it was like a blog or something, and uh, and so a lot of his stories is like more of like his struggles through his life and his little stories, you know, about his wife having to deal with his uh, what do you call it when you fall asleep all the time? Uh, um, narcos- yeah, narcolepsy, narcolepsy, and stuff. So you know, some of it's like that too. And there's some guys. Uh, who's the guy who does? purely does wordplay and it's practically one-liners man i'm trying to think it's not i'm not good at names that it wouldn't know i do know i do know that um uh what was i gonna say dimitri martin that's who it is he's very funny so some of the people that i like and i'll think of more are kyle canane's probably at the top of my list uh tom segura uh, Chris Delia is pretty good. Aziz Ansari's okay. Mike Berbiglia I put in kind of my, you know, 7 out of 10, 7.5 out of 10, depending on my mood. Uh, Dimitri Martin uh, is totally different. It's absolute wordplay. Just kind of one-liners to uh, with a straight face to make you crack up. Uh, and, like, he has unexpected wordplay, which is wordplay for the most part. Um, there are some other ones that I like quite a bit, but that's Christopher Titus is okay. I like Natasha Leggero. Uh, I like, um, oh, geez, it's the gal who you had on TV. It was showing and she had a new special. She's kind of middle-aged, and uh, she's from Michigan. Anyway, those are some of them that I like, and some of them I don't, well, if I see the ones I don't. Greg Giraldo is really very good. Kathleen Madigan, she's really good and a good, clean com- comedian. I really like Jim Gaffigan. And I really like Brian Regan. Jim Gaffigan is his wife helps him write some of his stuff, and he's the hot pocket guy, right? Yeah. But he does so much more than the hot. I mean, I think for my money, he's one of the edgier, uh, clean comedians out there, actually. So, um, and he's he has had a lot of shows. Jim Gaffigan has, you know, the real pale guy. Yeah. Um, got a lot of kids and stuff. So, yeah, those are some of my favorites. I don't really, I don't watch comedy shows because, I mean, those are like shows that are like being forced at you to laugh and joke. And I used to watch like the HBO comedy specials all the time. I like, I like George Carlin, Eddie Murphy, and I like the old school. I like the old school. Eddie Murphy was great. Kevin Kevin Hart is more fun than a classic, than a classic, very talented comedian. He's just more fun. And, he just and, tells and stories. And my friends and went to his fun. concert and left halfway through. Said he was horrible in person. Eddie Murphy was highly gifted. Or yeah. is. I'm sure if you put out a special now, it'd be very good. I bet he wouldn't be good because we're too politically correct right now. So the things Maybe. that we used to be able to say in the 80s, you can't say anymore because God forbid you say something wrong and offend somebody. And then you just have your legal team taking all your profits to not make these little pussies that can't, you know, like, just don't watch it. 
because they didn't find it funny and you've insulted either the black race, the white race, the gay people, the straight people, the trans people, the 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 people that work at Walmart, anything you say about somebody, somebody's going to come out and it's not even going to be the people that you're making fun of. It's some random dude or dudette that causes all the problems. So I think it's, I think we have, it's like a hard time. So if you want to go watch some funny, 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 good, not politically correct comedy, go find the, the comedy from the 80s. Oh, yeah. Even from the 90s. Go watch that. Because the new people, I see some of it, but it's, it's a lot about sex or it's about tampons or it's about lady problems. Or it's about or um, like children. Yeah. Chad, da- you know, Chad Daniels is also very good, but he uh, he's one of my favorites, actually. But as you know, a lot of people grow into their. Uh, co- into talking about parental comedy. Yeah. You know, and some of it's very funny. And they use basically stories and maybe sometimes it's probably props too. Yeah. Like, did your son really do that? Right. Um, or maybe he kind of did something kind of funny and right. then you uh, you exaggerate a little bit. Nate, there's another one, Nate, Nate Bargatze. And there's the comedians who just play dumb on purpose. Right. Like their bit is that they're just not very bright. There's a guy out that's on TikTok. I don't even know what his name is. He's a young kid. And he always talks about the the last time he said is he goes, I I didn't think I was going to be this pretty. When I was when I was growing up, because I was pretty nerdy, and so I really really worked on my personality because I thought you know, this with this looks the only thing I'm gonna have is my personality. I wasted a lot of time when I was ugly on this personality <laughs> because when you got looks like me, well anyway he said something and I don't know what it was but in his comedy show some little pussies got hurt and just started trying to cancel this kid. And everybody on TikTok jumped in like really quick and was like, um, you know, leave him alone. He's a comedian and he's a kid and he's just joking around and he talks to the audience all the time. I don't really watch it, but um, he's he does say some he does say some funny, cute things for, you know, being his age, but they're trying to push the limits and we've got these sad people pushing too far back we 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 need to laugh more they need yeah. to get over themselves so something that happened when you think about this i wouldn't have i would not have given john stewart this credit to understand he did this in 2021 because again i don't like the daily show uh, i he think he's been on the daily show yeah i know he hasn't for a long time years but nonetheless i didn't like it when he was on it Right. Uh, because I don't like the idea that no, no, you're supposed to agree with a political commentary because that's it's funny, one. and it's like I don't think that's a place for humor as your common routine. That well, of course you'll laugh because it's because you're here to laugh, and but I get to make my unchallenged political insinuations. So I, I'm not big on that, but like I said, whatever, go watch right. it, have fun. But anyway, in 2021, he happened to mention to what's his face Colbert. Uh, that uh, something about maybe there being, um, you know, maybe it was it was the lab theory of COVID, which you and I covered. Hello, you know that didn't come up from a it didn't come from a fucking market, duh. duh yeah, we've um, said it, that since 2020. But so, whatever. but anyway, um, you know, here recently, uh, he was discussed the fact that hey, some stuff is coming out that even now officially people are trying to push the lab theory in government. Uh, and so then Stewart says, uh, 
Oh, first of all, I wouldn't wait for the Department of Energy to weigh in on this. What does the Department of Energy have to do with this? So that's the alleged report. But he says this one. This is a very important quote and and how the how comedy can then kind of lay over to regular speech. Like if you can't just parody and satire things that are what is what is the uh, stuff of of night of you know late night shows? It's the monologue on current events, right? Right. I mean that is the the material. Uh, so he said the larger problem with all of this is the inability to discuss things that are within the realm of possibility without falling into absolutes and litmus testing each other for our political allegiances as it arose from that. Uh, so in 2021 on the Col- on Colbert show, so think about that. It may not have been two years ago. I don't know what part of 2021, but it was over a year ago. Right. He said science has in many ways helped ease the suffering of this pandemic, which was more than likely caused by science. Um, and then Colbert's like, what? You mean there's evidence to create in a lab? I'd love to hear it. I just don't know. He said, a chance. Oh, my God, there's a novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. And what do we do? Uh, oh, what do we do? Oh, uh, oh, you know who we should ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The d- disease is the same name as the lab. That's just a little too weird. So anyway, he got semi-canceled. And he goes, my bigger problem with that was... I thought it was a pretty good bit that expressed kind of how I felt. And the two things that came out of it were, I'm racist against Asian people. Right? Like, mm-hmm. because it came from Wuhan, and I'm saying maybe it came from a lab in Wuhan, I'm racist? And how dare I align myself with the alt-right? Right? It's like, what? what? If it's a possibility on a mainstream matter, and I happen to be talking to it in a comedy routine or otherwise, why would we get bent out of shape over, as he said, something that is within the realm of possibility? He goes, wet market means you're a Democrat, and lab leak means you're a Republican? Right. It's like, what? (laughs) Um, And then, of course, but that, when you start censoring and not having fun with that, like... uh, you know, let's say somebody did that, and then they, you can imagine the type of uproar this may have caused if someone would have cared. Some comedians just don't care. You know, they go, well, whatever. You do what you want. Uh, but had someone taken that bit and then done a little bit of miming of some, because uh, if you recall, literally some Washington people went over to Wuhan to go, I don't think you guys have this right yet. And it had, they're like, you guys need to work on this. You're not doing well with this laboratory because we funded the effing thing. Right. And one time, some of our Congress people went over it for oversight and they had not hired good people. So with that humor, you could have gone with that background and kind of had a little bit about someone being uh, inept. But if you would be inept and then do a little Chinese accent, then they would have been like, you're racist, you know, which... Was not the point, but you know that would have happened. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times humor, if you remember Bruce, uh, what's his face, Bruce, very very simple from the 70s, one of the revolutionary comics, um, humor lets you talk about things that are at the edge sometimes. Right. And uh, Lenny Bruce. I was going to say and, Lenny Bruce. And, uh, you know, if you can't talk about things that are on the edge as humor then it's just this signaling that you don't get to talk about it in general, which is is the problem. Well, right? and, like, and so George Carlin, if you, it, it, you're it, listening listen, to this. If the audience has laughed and you and you weren't in the audience, why don't you go fuck yourself? Right. Right? It's like right. they laughed. So the, if I can get you to laugh about something where 
if I wasn't a comedian, you would go, well, yeah, but there's this, this, and this. But instead you laugh because you're okay with dropping that, you know, um, little amount of, what do you call it, uh, suspension of disbelief. Yeah. For purposes of laughing. It's like, even if well, you just appreciate the way they delivered it, then you should be good. You made the audience laugh. So I started a comedy show. It was called So You Think You're Funny at our at our restaurant. And I brought in some comedians and I was like, we should start this. And it was basically, it started out as like a little generic local talent comedy show. Then we did some competitions and now it's called um, Top City Comedy. So they've moved on to So You Think You're Funny. Well, one time we were doing a show, it was probably in 2010, maybe. That's been so long ago. 2010, the, the, com- the comedians from So You Think You're Funny was having a show, and they put together, made some postcards to go around and advertise the show, which is what they were supposed to do. And on there was all of the comedians were standing around. They were all dressed up in some, like, gangster clothes. And there was a lady standing, there was a lady laying on the ground. She was kind of laying down, and they were pulling on her purse. Oh, my God, the people in Topeka that saw that, probably three, they contacted the newspaper. They went on social media and said that we supported domestic violence from this card. They said we had to go around and pull the posters, pull it down, called my brother at the restaurant. How dare you support domestic violence? Violence against women from a fucking postcard. And all I kept, when they would call on phone, I was like, okay, so what you're saying is that what you're interpreting this picture to be is if they took the purse. But what about if she's a superhero and she kicks all their asses and that's just the first part of it? That's where my head goes. There's no domestic well, especially violence if here. They're, 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 I don't know if they were intending that like they had goofy looks on their faces. They, or, were, they were all laughing because they they're comedians. Yeah. And she's a comedian and they're a comedian. So that's this almost is like, like having a far side cartoon Correct. or some dummy like, you know, like, he looks like the, the point is they look like the opposite of a mugger. You well, know? and it had like and a really part cute of it is, caption. You know? it, it had something to do with the caption that they came up with. But some people in Topeka, they were going to close us down, and they told us we're going to go to all the media. They, I mean, they literally went to the paper. They went all over the place to the news stations, sending it all over the See, place, there could saying be a that called, we get, get a fucking life. The, yeah. the get a fucking life comedy fuck tour. Away. That's under. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that is just so stupid. One of the things that I loved about George Carlin, because George Carlin was not the normal kind of comedian, he talked about real-life things. And the thing is, is that things that were going on in that time were so far off that people would laugh because they didn't even realize most of it was real. He talked about, he was an activist, and, and the things he talked about, people laughed, but it made you think. And a lot of the things he said, you know, makes sense. You remember, and now, that, you remember, we should go bomb some. We should, we'll go bomb some brown people. If, yeah. if you're, if you're, if your country has brown people, watch the fuck out. We're gonna, right. you know, uh, which was, you know, it's not that that was allegedly the, uh, you know, the motivation, but it did kind of line up with truth. <laughs> well, and it's like, it's like now the com- the comics are sitting there. You've got the the comics that talk about COVID. 
they're, you know, they're like, you know, they get up on stage and they're the ones who did not get vaccinated or didn't get, wear a mask. So then they get up on stage and they kind of put their political views on it. And, and they, then you've got the people like that one lady who was Miss, I'm going to yeah, get all the shots in the world. And, she, and she literally just falls over like a tree on stage um, and passes out and requires requires aid. When it comes to politics, when it comes to politics, the reason I think I like George Carlin is I was too young to you be experiencing politics. the experiencing it. I'm a child. You don't know the litmus so you're not, testing yeah. like John Stewart's talking about because there you could just talk about things without. It wasn't so. I remember when I first learned. Oh, so abortion okay is left, but why? And then you know you look at other topics and well because because it is and uh, and pro and pro life quote unquote is right and I'm like but why that's very arbitrary right you know and and then John Stewart says but you got to do this litmus test it's like don't you know you can and you're supposed to be highly offended if they're not you know if they if they seem to be supporting the other side like aren't you a proper good moderate comedian. Who are you talking about things that someone may have mentioned first on Alex Jones? It's like, ah, fuck off. Right, yeah. So anyway, we need more laughter. And I'm telling you, that's one of the things that I love about Ron is him and I laugh nonstop. And whether it is appropriate laughs or not, it, we <laughs> laugh nonstop. And I think that, that that is just one of the characteristics that... that <laughs> makes me happy because I'm going to laugh, be sarcastic and make up jokes nonstop. And that's just who I am. And I got it from my dad. My dad never entered a building that he didn't know somebody and be like, I got the next blonde joke for you. I got the next Pollock joke for you. I didn't even know what a Pollock was, but we heard all the jokes. We had, I told jokes at, home, at school that were not appropriate, I'm sure. And I, I've always just been joking, but my sarcasm is is off the chain. My whole entire family. If you if you see my brothers and I interact on social media, um, yeah, people I know go back to look at the show because Frank will come in and dog me. And there's and and you know the thing is is that it's not a joke. It's literally what he's putting on there. A lot of it is taking the truth and kind of twisting it to be sarcastic. Wait, on Facebook on or Facebook. on the show? Okay. Oh, on Facebook. Because oh, a couple one of the things that when you mentioned it, I put a couple things down I wanted to mention. One was there'll always be humor. It's just how public it can be. Oh, yeah. So you ever so think of the classic version of this is you've got the one uncle, or maybe it's an aunt. I don't know if ants do it. And they're like, hey, come here for a second. I got a good yeah. joke for you. And you go, and you do, you still have to decide, you're like, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. And then sometimes you kind of like laugh through gritted teeth. There will always be humor. It's just how, you know, how far into the house or how quietly in the conversation it is, right? And yeah. then the other thing was that it, intolerance to a good joke is, to me, it goes back and forth, feeds divisiveness and vice versa. You know, it's like, oh, how dare you say? But actually, he delivered it pretty well. Right. I, mean, I gotta, I gotta say, he delivered it pretty well. And that's where, like I said, I, I don't like um, Daily Show, but I'm. How often have you heard me say, 
I wish that thing would shut down. Uh, never, because I've never, ever talked about it until right. today, right? And so if I don't divisiveness like a comedian... goes towards intolerance to a good joke, and intolerance to a good joke, I think, feeds divisiveness. That's a vicious, vicious circle. Because, like, one of the problems with today's world, to his, to John Stewart's point, is this divisiveness. Like, you either, you know, believe in such and such and don't, don't go, don't explore anything outside of that, or you're not one of us. Yeah. And if you're not one of us, then we know who you are. You're the bad guys. Right. And it's like, goodness gracious. Yeah. So you guys, you know, people out there that want to make other people laugh, I'm sorry that you've got so many people trying to stop you from saying what you want to say. Um, the the humor that I don't like, I just don't watch it. If I see a comedian and I'm, I'm listening to him, I'm like, mm, I don't really like her or I don't like him or I'm watching a show like, you know, I start watching a show and I'm like, oh, I can't get into this humor. It's it's not funny to me. And that grows as you as you get older, your 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 sense of humor does change a little bit. And um, you have to remember that it's funny, that it's supposed to be funny. And yeah. So anyway, Kamal, Kamal, Nanjiani. Yeah, Nanjiani, uh, I like him. His beta male is one of my favorite, my favorite bits. Uh, one other thing I want to mention really quick is that, so John Stewart stood up for, he goes, supposedly something that Dave Chappelle did on one of his specials was, quote, was controversial. And so John goes, but now everybody obviously calls and says, did you see Dave on SNL? I'm like, yeah, we're very good friends. So not a special SNL. And I always watch. They say he normalized anti-Semitism with his monologue. That's he normalized it. And I'm like, I don't know if you've been on comment sections or on those news articles, but it's pretty fucking normal. <laughs> like anti-Semitism, you know, it's incredibly normal. But the one thing I will say is, I don't believe that censorship and penalty are the way to end anti-Semitism or to not gain understanding. I don't believe in that. I think it's a wrong way for us to approach it. Uh, so. Um, I thought that was inter- interesting. And the other thing about comedy and, you know, whether it can laugh, he goes, I think reflectively naming things anti-Semitism reflexively is as reductive. So, you know, re- reducing things down too much as opposed to really understanding the nuances as some of the things they might be saying. It, it immediately shuts down a conversation. Uh, he said comedy is reductive. Like, I think we... I think part of what we what it is, we play with tropes because everyone has prejudices in their lives and the way they view things. And comics rely on those prejudices as a shorthand for our material. Even the locust of comics play with tropes uh, to a certain extent. Yep. And that's true. you got to find a shortcut way to, to collect people onto a certain uh, subject matter or, or point really quickly so then you, then you can create a joke off of it. Right. And I mean, Louis C.K. talks about it all. You know, I know he did his one thing where he's like, yeah, I'm a naked in front of assistants. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to like, um, OK, Louis, <laughs> you're a genius. But it's a little odd. Uh, but anyway, you know, he he immediately goes to just kind of the fat out of shape dude trope. Right. You know, like just being disgusting and fat and out of shape and and too too into like self-pleasure. A lot of them do this. Uh, comedians will do the little aspects where it's like, what do you do on the road? Well, basically go on the uh you know, uh, stay at the hotel all day and, and and abuse myself in the hotel room for too long and then eventually come out at 9 o'clock at night for an hour, hour's worth of work. Right. <laughs> you know, that type of a thing. Right. 
Well, I say I say find what makes you laugh and laugh more and leave the other comedians the fuck alone. How about that? How about yeah. how about leave how about leave them alone if they're trying to make people laugh? Here's the deal: just because they didn't make you laugh doesn't mean they're not going to make other people laugh. Now, if they step over, and I mean it's 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 something really bad, and nobody laughs at it, and they've just lost their mind because maybe they're on drugs or alcohol or something, then you know what? Still leave them alone. Just don't give them money and go to their shows anymore. Like, stop supporting them if you don't want to do it with your money and not your freaking mouth. I just think, I just think that, I think that it's, I think that it's bad. I want, I want to be able to laugh more. And the television shows have become so political and they, and it's, it's, it's like, we don't want to go and they're like, oh, this is a comedy. I'm like, what's funny about this show? the, The other aspect is this. It's like, hey, dipshits, a stand up comedy routine is when people that probably gotten a little lubricated, it's a very special night for them to go out. So if you're sitting at home in a bad mood, being right. a loser, and now uh, being a loser by critiquing what other people found perfectly funny because they were trying to laugh and Having went to time. have a good time, then like just again go just go to the back to your home page right. on Netflix and. Find, Find something, something the else. fuck else. Exactly. So, uh, for instance, I, I, I just All right, gotta, one more thing, and then we got to go. One more thing. Just give me a second. Because we are, we are we got, we got three minutes. My girlfriend makes me want to be a better person so I can get a better girlfriend. <laughs> I used to have a... Sh- I used to have sex with my teachers in exchange for good grades on teacher evaluations. Okay, I missed that one. Uh, my nephew killed himself masturbating, but officially the cause of death is exhaustion. <laughs> right. But, no, where's the hanging one? Hold on, hold on. He's, like, looking these up. I did well, make him. I just him. found one, and I thought it was in here. And some of, you want to, if, <laughs> Anthony just sound like his, his stock and trade is, like, holy crap, did he just say that? Right. And. And shock value has a lot to do with people laughing because they're, they're it's like that uncomfortable laugh. You're like, <laughs> that it's was like, horrible. Oh, that a, was horrible. I mean, I can't deliver it, but just imagine somebody delivering with a straight face these types of things over and over again. It's impossible. It's impossible for me to hear the words quadruple murder, murder, suicide without thinking of my grandparents. <laughs> I think about my girlfriend's abortion whenever I pass by a school or the playground where she had the abortion. <laughs> it's just over. What? <laughs> over. That over doesn't like I don't even get that. And over and over again. And you that would be go, somebody. What? That would be somebody because like after a while, if it just continues that way, I would be like, that's not my kind of humor. Sure, and my uncle killed himself playing Russian roulette, but I choose to remember him as a great Russian roulette player. <laughs> right. All right, guys, we're going to leave you on that humorous note. Thank you guys so much for giving us your time and your attention. We always appreciate our (laughs) listeners. Go to Facebook um, and look for Kimology411 or send us a voicemail on anchor.fm. Sometimes the reason I laugh at that is just because I'm impressed that somebody was, in a way, brave enough enough to to go there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're you're the man. Exactly. Thank you, Tyson, for helping make Kimology 4-in-1 so awesome. You're welcome. All right, guys, keep taking all of your adventures, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.